everyone, and welcome to the Into the Borough podcast. My name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hello. Uh, so we got a pretty good show for you today. Um, again, not a lot of industry news this week, uh, but it's um, it's been a news week for sure. A lot of stuff happening. Twenty twenty sucks. Everyone's fully aware of this, but just in case you weren't aware of it before, you should be now. Um, and you know, beyond that, like, um, I don't, I'm just, it's so like negative, you know, this year, I don't know how you feel about this year, but this year has been super negative for me. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm right with you on that. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate, but, uh, hopefully 2021 is a little bit better. Um, I went back to the theater to see both Inception and the new mutants, um, so we don't have a review on this show for you today, but what you can do is you can head over to the Borough Reviews on our YouTube channel and you can like the video and subscribe to the channel. We do have the New Mutants review up right now. It's just a quick little video. Um, but, you know, I thought I wanted to uh, fill the gap that a lot of people were leaving, you know, a lot of big studios um, you yeah. know, they, they didn't have a screening for this film for critics. And so what ended up happening was a lot of the, the press was basically just cut off from this film. And in retaliation to that, they didn't go out and actually see it in theaters. So there's a lot of trades and a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different, well, like, you know, well-known like names, like, I don't think Variety has a review on it. I don't think Collider has a review on it. So I thought, you know, for my little bubble, I would go out and fill that <laughs> gap. Uh, I was only in the theater with like, I don't know, like four, four or five other people. And um, it was, you know, in the middle of the day, a mat- matinee time. So I didn't feel too bad about going to see it. And honestly, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Are you surprised? Uh, I was hoping it wouldn't be bad. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, and they do lean into the horror of everything too, which is pretty cool. So, oh um definitely unlike any other like X-Men title out there or any other superhero movie for that matter really. So, uh yeah. I kind of dug it, but um with all that down, go watch the New Mutants review on YouTube. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about Buzzsprout because I'm going to keep hammering this home for you all out there. Um we want you to start your own podcast. Uh do you listen to podcasts, Linda? Uh on and off it depends on the podcast uh every once in a while i'll just kind of like look something up that's like horror movie related it'll give me like a random podcast um i know there's this youtuber dead meat that makes his own podcast and i usually listen to him a lot too because he's really funny so yeah he's got that going i'm not funny so anyone tuning (laughs) into this show like (laughs) sorry um but uh yeah no we want we want to hear from you like whatever your passion is like if you want to talk about sports go ahead and talk about sports i have a few friends here um in lincoln that actually are going to start their own like sports podcast so i'm really excited for that and uh, a great way to like amplify your podcast is to host your podcast on buzzsprout um it's the easiest and best way to launch promote and track your podcast and you'll be listed in all the major podcast directories like apple Podcasts, spotify google and more within just minutes of finishing your first recording um so i mean let's hear from you what are you waiting for uh go find a quiet space take whatever gear that you have and um you can just record about whatever you love following the link in the show notes let's 
Buzzsprout know that we sent you. Gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and help support our show. So an easy way if you haven't started a podcast yet and you want a $20 Amazon gift card, like I said, follow the link in the show notes. And uh, if you sign up for a paid plan, you'll get one. So we uh, can't wait to hear your passion. With that being said, I think it is time that we dip into the news. If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships, Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do here on the Borough Reviews. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube, Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions, and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. The latest news from last week. Our first story is from Ryan Pearson in the Associated Press. He writes, Chadwick Boseman, who played black American icons Jackie Robinson and James Brown with searing intensity before inspiring audiences worldwide as the regal Black Panther in Marvel's blockbuster movie franchise, died Friday, August 28th of cancer. He was 43. Boseman died at his home in the Los Angeles area with his wife and family by his side. Bozeman was diagnosed with colon cancer four years ago, his family said in a statement. Julia Alexander of The Verge writes, DC's fandom set the new gold standard for virtual events. In time, when we're oversaturated with virtual events, it's impossible not to notice that most of them don't exactly run smoothly. There are technical issues, sessions that run too long, and people so burned out on Zoom chats that sitting down for another video call on a Saturday afternoon is torturous. It's for these reasons that the sheer excellence of DC fandom is so striking. DC Fandom was an eight-hour virtual convention held by DC Comics and Warner Brothers to highlight some of the biggest films, TV shows, games, and comics announced this year. The biggest panel, those dedicated to Warner Brothers and DC's film slate, including The Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman 1984, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, were sandwiched between short sketches, interviews, rapid Q&As, and little tributes to the world of DC. Fandom was a testament of power of having a unique platform to showcase content and host talent alongside nailing the programming lineup. Dave McNary of Variety writes, New Mutants opens with $750,000 in Thursday previews. With North American movie going slowly coming back, Disney's The New Mutants delivered a respectable $750,000 in Thursday night previews domestically. The X-Men spinoff has been tracking for an opening weekend of $7 million to $10 million, at just over 2,000 locations. The preview number matches Stuber, which went on to open with 8.2 million weekend in July of 2019. It's better than 2018 Strangers Pray at Night, which generated 610,000 in previews and a 10.4 million launch weekend, and 2019's Bad Times at the El Royale, which took in just 575,000 in previews and 7.1 million for its first weekend. 
John Squires, a bloody disgusting rights universal in Blumhouse developing new version of The Thing that will adapt a long-lost original novel. Quote, as most are aware, John Carpenter's The Thing and the film that preceded it, 1951's The Thing from Another World, were both adaptations of the novella Who Goes There, penned by John W. Campbell Jr. It was first published in the August 1938 issue of Astounding Science Fiction, an expanded, never-before-seen version that was recently unearthed. Back in 2018, John Betancourt announced the discovery of the novel-length version of the classic novella, and he took to Kickstarter to fund the release of the novel titled Frozen Hell. This week, Betancourt has provided an incredibly exciting update on the fully funded project, announcing that Blumhouse and Universal Studios are adapting Frozen Hell. Lastly, Adam Holmes in Cinema Blend writes Screen 5 gets a release date. Quote, Although it was previously reported that Screen 5 was aiming for a 2021 release, Paramount Pictures announced just over the weekend that the movie will instead arrive on January 14, 2022, so it just narrowly misses the previous window. This is fallout from the ongoing restructuring of the theatrical experience thanks to the delays caused by the pandemic. Major studios are staking out claim to available weekends whenever possible, while other movies that are inching closer to pre-production, like Scream, are having to start looking at 2022 for the first available landscape on which to plant their release date flag. And that concludes your last week's news update. Did you know that we have our own YouTube channel? There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies, and even some Let's Plays. Lately, we have been focused heavily on our curated horror content. But we have a goal to get to 100 subscribers by the end of the year, and it would mean everything to the team to reach our goal. Simply search The Borough Reviews on YouTube, and make sure to subscribe and ring the bell if you enjoy the content. The Borough Reviews. Your movie refuge. So we had pretty sad news last night, um, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but Chadwick Boseman's death is a pretty big deal, especially since he was only 43, and he hadn't publicly released that he had cancer at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it was stage three cancer, and he was battling it for four years. So what a trooper. His family actually put out a statement on his social medias. Um they said, quote, it is with immeasurable grief that we confirm the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, Chadwick was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and battled with it at least um, for the last four years as it progressed to stage five. A true fighter, Chadwick persevered through it all and brought you many of the films that you have come to love so much from Marshall to Defy Bloods, uh, August Wilson's, um, May Rainey's Black Bottom and several more. Uh, All were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was the honor of his career to bring King T'Challa to life in Black Panther. Uh, He did die in his home with his wife and family by his side. Um, And so they passed that message along yesterday at about 9 p.m. Yeah, this this came out of left field, and it left many people stunned. Um, And shame on Screen Rant. Screen Rant put out an article... Uh, talking about like 
and they put it out last night too, I believe. Um, but Screen Rant put out an article discussing like the future of the MCU without, you know, King T'Challa. And that's just not something that you want to to do after such a tragic event like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever wrote that article at Screen Rant, uh, I hope um, they're paying you well enough, but we all know they're not because we know that they pay the writers like shit. So you just did that for what? But anyway... Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, it's it's really sad news, and um, I'm just thinking about his friends and his family, and they're in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, now I wanted to move into talking about DC fandom, uh, where there were a bunch of trailers released. So a shit ton of trailers came out, <laughs> to put it um, kindly, uh, did you did anything stand out from the DC fandom to you as far as like the DC properties go? Um, nothing really that I wasn't really expecting before. Like mm-hmm. they mentioned, like the panels being like Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, Flash, Batman, Justice League. Yeah. Uh, I like the format that they used in their trailer. It looked like I was like signing on for like a football game. Mm-hmm. And so I found that kind of funny. Um, it was it was a charming little trailer. It made it look like super fun. And the fandom thing, it looks like a giant like football stadium. So I, I just thought that that was really funny. And I think that's what really grabbed my attention. Like, okay, this might actually be kind of fun. Yeah. So they talk about that in the article that's linked in the show notes as well. If you're listening to the embedded player on our website, we have the link to basically all of the news sources that we're using just so that you can read the same things that we're reading. Uh, But they attribute its success, like, because it got like pretty good critical and like audience reception wise. Um, it, it was a smashing success because they used a different format than the other virtual like festivals were using. So I remember trying to tune in for San Diego Comic-Con. And frankly, like, it just didn't feel like there wasn't that spark there. And um, everyone's kind of attributing that to how they set up uh, their virtual, like, screening. So it gave you that kind of airy feel that you get when you're at a convention hall. Right. And using those green screen effects, I think, is what elevated it. I think, um, you know, uh, Julia Alexander's article in The Verge is... Um, pretty like detailed in terms of why it's differentiated from something like the San Diego comic-con lineup. And a lot of it has to do with um, just kind of abandoning that zoom feeling because no one wants to be on zoom anymore. And I say that as someone who is going to class in zoom university now for my last two classes. And um, yeah, no, I, I think the green screen effect, you know, making it look like that big dome, that stadium, uh, I think that was a good call. And, you know, they're one of the few, like, presentations that, like, they had a lot to show, actually, even yeah. though, like, we're in this weird kind of limbo state of whether or not movies are actually going to be released uh, when they, you know, had their theatrical date stamped or if they're going to be delayed. There's a lot of questions in the air around that still. And so to get all of this juicy, like, meaty content, um, I think also attributed to its success a little bit. And just to give you a little bit of the background. Um, so there is one more event to air. It's the second part of DC fandom um, that is on September 12th. But the one that we got um, did very, very well in terms of like success. So um, 
I'm looking here at, uh, basically they had millions of viewership across like multiple different like YouTube channels. Um, and I can't stress enough, like how it turned my excitement particularly around. Cause I wasn't excited for this thing. And frankly, I didn't tune in for it until everyone was hyping it up on Twitter. And then I kind of like looked at it and watched a few clips and, and I was really impressed with what I saw. Um, and for me, like, the Batman trailer, uh, we can talk the trailers now a little bit. The Batman trailer uh, was glorious. Um, how do you feel now that you've seen Robert Pattinson in the Batsuit? I'm looking forward to having, like, a super emo Batman. I'm I'm into it. I like it. I think Robert Pattinson's going to be, like, right up there with, like, the top Batman. I think he's going to do fantastic. Yeah, I do, too. And uh, the movie is only 30% shot at this point. So they're still hardcore in production. I mean, they're right, you know, at the beginning of their production. And uh, they were able to basically cut that trailer using only 30% of the actual film, um, which I found, or the script anyway, which I found incredible. Um, Because like it, it seems like the trailer itself tells a story and all of the good trailers always tell a story. You know, I hate trailers that are like, so like sporadic and like, right. Totally like shifting every two seconds. And this one felt very consistent all the way through. And it could be because it's only 30% shot, but it also could be that, no, they just have a solid foundation for a story. So it is, um, it's, uh, only, um, I think it's still being released. Yeah, October 1st of 2021. And beyond that, um, one of the cooler things about the Batman trailer was that they showed a lot from like Gotham PD because that is receiving its own like spinoff show, which I'm pretty excited about after watching this trailer just because it seems I know with Batman, we get like a lot of like memes and stuff about, you know, DC being dark and hardcore and stuff. Right. <laughs> but, uh, and this kind of plays into that a little bit, but I'm still excited, especially for Jeffrey, right? You know, as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, I think he's going to play a big hand in the uh, TV show that is spinning off from this movie. And uh, I can't wait to see what that is. Another standout um, was also Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Did you get a chance to check that trailer out? Okay, I have. I just, (laughs) I'm, I've never actually watched Wonder Woman. What? Yeah, (laughs) I never watched Wonder Woman when it came out. Um, But I mean, I, I love the 80s, so I, I, I feel like I need to watch Wonder Woman so I can watch Wonder Woman 1984 just for that, like, little aesthetic. I know it's not really going to play as big of a part as I'm probably wanting it to, but it's enough to grab my attention. But, yeah, no, I've never watched Wonder Woman. Linda. Linda. I'm sorry. I, I watch X-Men and Marvel. How did Lane let you get away with Because I assume Lane's probably seen Wonder Woman. Oh, I doubt it. I need to text him and ask. You d- okay? Okay. Well, I know the next like movie night that we're gonna have when <laughs> stuff goes back to normal and it's gonna be Wonder Woman. Damn it! Uh, no, Wonder Woman is um, it's a it's a really good movie and it's super solid up until like the final like act. Basically, the villain reveal being Hades is kind of um, it it, it just it it's sucks it stinks i don't know i don't know what more to say about it um but everything before that like leading up to the the final big like boss fight 
um, was super solid. And Chris Pine, I know you like Chris Pine. Chris Pine is great in Wonder Woman 1984, and so is Gal, Gal Gadot is also amazing. And they have like pretty good chemistry. It was m- probably my favorite thing out of the original Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, but everyone's curious to know what our thoughts are on uh, Kristen Wiig's Cheetah. Um, so uh, how do you, how do you think uh, that actual like CGI representation of Cheetah is? I'm so I honestly don't buy it. I I can't see Kristen Wiig being a villain. Yeah, I maybe she'll blow me away. I don't I don't know. I just for the time being, I just I really don't buy it. Okay. Like I'm, she's just a funny woman to me. So seeing her like that, I'm just like, nah, you're not evil. Yeah, I I get it. Um, I think my biggest complaint, uh, they're okay. I like the direction that they're actually going with her character. They're they're going down the Michelle Pfeiffer like Catwoman like tunnel, which is yeah. basically like you know this kind of I don't want to say ditzy, but like um, you know she seems kind of like a little bit upbeat, you know, um, definitely like a different villain than we've probably, um, seen, you know, in the past, or at least most of the time in the past. And so they're going for kind of this airy vibe with her character. What threw me off, um, I think more than anything was the actual CGI of the cheetah. Uh, I, it looks like it is straight from cats. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it either. I, yeah, no, that was not good. No, it wasn't good at all. And like, I just, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> so it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of cats. And I feel like if they would have just gone down, like, um, something like Batman, uh, returns, you know, which it has like a bunch of different, like Batman villains in it. Right. But the right. thing with that movie is they kind of like, humanize them like the villains a little bit more right um, even in the batman trailer you know the penguin looks like a normal guy like and if they would have just done that for cheetah i think maybe a, a more naturalistic look kind of like um you know like we have a bunch of werewolf movies where like the the vis- the practical effects like look amazing oh yeah um, why couldn't we do something like that why couldn't we humanize it a little bit more instead of turning it into like a cgi fest my guess, my like my guess is probably just the budget they thought they could afford like you know they're just gonna waste their money on laying the computers to all the work just so then they're not having to deal with the practical effects yeah yeah oh, oh boy um and yeah, Lane hasn't seen wonder woman so he hasn't oh, no man <laughs> I don't usually watch stuff from DC, but that, like, I recently, I've watched a lot more. Like, I watched Aquaman, even though I don't, I didn't really, like, care for Aquaman that much. Um, I, I, I still do think that Wonder Woman's probably one of the strongest movies out of, you know, the extended the DCEU. Um, yeah, and but, that kind of sucks because Aqu- I would be more willing to watch Aquaman, and maybe that's just because Patrick Wilson's in it, but fine yeah. i'll watch wonder woman even though patrick wilson's not in wonder woman <laughs> everyone knows who has watched our videos or listened to our podcast that patrick wilson is someone that you truly adore oh, um, so uh the wilson brothers yes uh the wilson brothers for president 2020 <laughs> uh <laughs> 
Um, a couple more things. They had like a video game trailer uh, for um, Gotham Knights, which is like a two-player co- co-op game, I think. Um, it looks pretty all right. Uh, it's from the developer behind Backham Arkham Origins. So if you like that game, then you might like this one. We also got um, bits and pieces of The Flash, which is due out sometime in 2022. Uh, we had our character reveal for the Suicide Squad, which I'm super pumped about. Um, you know, we have everyone from Idris Elba to John Cena, Joel Kinnaman's back, Viola Davis is back. Um, and it looks, and Jai Courtney is back too, for that matter. And it kind of just looks fun. So I'm excited to see James Gunn um, and his take on the Suicide Squad. It has to be better than the last one. Uh, uh, oh, I almost forgot. Margot Robbie is playing Harley Quinn. That's like the biggest part of the Suicide Squad. So yeah, she's back too, just in case you were wondering. We got uh, a teaser for Black Adam from Dwayne Johnson. And then we've got, you know, a bunch of other stuff too, uh, like Titan Season 3 and The Flash Season 7. Um, and most importantly for the DC fan base is the Snyder Cut of justice league um which does look vastly different it does it does look vastly different from the movie that we actually got with justice league which i didn't even think was an awful movie like everyone else uh, i don't know i was in the minority on that um i mean it wasn't great but like it wasn't bad it wasn't awful but we're about to see Zack snyder's cut and uh that excites some people all right, so speaking of superheroes, I wanted to talk about the New Mutants uh, opening preview numbers. So um, Thursday night, it's Thursday previews. It brought in $750,000, which isn't bad considering that um, a lot of places still are in lockdown. A lot of you know states and cities still have theaters closed. So right. no one really knew like how good it was going to do. And I, I would say $750,000 is not bad if you're looking at um, comparable numbers with other titles, such as like Stuber, um, which had preview numbers of uh, around $750,000, and it opened to about $10 million. And so I think, uh, actually Stuber, sorry, Stuber was $8.2 million, but they're projecting uh, the X-Men spinoff, The New Mutants, anywhere from $7 million to $10 million. Um, and it's playing at just over 2000 locations. So I would project, um, because the numbers are a little bit higher. If you look at like strangers pray at night, it generated 610,000 in previews. Uh, but then it like opened, um, to 10.4 million over the launch weekend. And so if we're basing it off of that, I would project that we're going to be looking at the new mutants making anywhere from about 10 to 13 million on its opening weekend, rather than seven to 10. Um, I don't know if you feel the same, or do you think that people are going to um, second guess themselves coming out to the theater again? Uh, I, I think you're actually right up there with it. I think with as much publicity as this movie's already gotten, I think a lot of people are just going to let the curiosity get the best of them. Like I know last week I said, I wasn't going to go back to the movies, but Seeing the reviews and just, you know, what you said, I I kind of want to go just to see this movie. I mean, it it's gotten so many mixed reviews already, and it just kind of makes you interested just to, just to see what goes on in it. Yeah, um, and uh, just 
so that everyone's on the same page about how many theaters are actually open here in the United States, approximately 62% of the domestic market is back open. Um, so you can, you know, you can use that to kind of project where this would have been. And so let me do the quick math here. But we're sitting at 62% of the theaters open, meaning that there's about 38% of the market that shut out. And you've got to account for that. So if you um, take the $750,000 figure and you, you know, times that by that percentage, you're looking at about a million in previews opening night if the whole market was open respectively. You know, that math isn't 100%, but that's about what you're looking at. So this probably would have made um, a decent chunk of change beforehand, as much that it, as it possibly could have, because it right. was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to basically just make it enough to where um, the film was somewhat, you know, I guess successful, even though they weren't going to be smashing box office records or anything with it, or they were going to completely flop. And I think the latter is what ended up happening. I think it's going to be, you know, just successful enough to warrant the theatrical release. I think they'll still lose a little bit of money like at the box office, but what'll probably end up happening um, with the shift to VOD is you'll probably see, you know, high streaming numbers from it. So it won't be too much of a complete failure, but after five theatrical release dates, you know, um, I think it, I think it's doing pretty well for itself. Right. And I mean, even so it's kind of on them for having all those pushbacks that it's, it's not getting like not generating more people anymore because like since they've been doing this for so long, it's understandable that a lot of people have lost interest. So I mean, being lucky, like already making this much money that that is just sheer luck on their end. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you feel like the theaters around you in your city and your state are taking the correct precautions and you know having in place um significant sanitation processes like i feel like um and and if you're social distancing too not going at peak times stuff like that i feel like it's maybe safe to go out to the theater but again that's your judgment um and that's up to you whether or not you want to go out in public again but i would say like as far as i i I haven't been to a restaurant in so long like to actually sit down Um, and I waited, you know, over six months to go back to the theaters again. And I'm not going to go like, I'm not going to be there every weekend, but, um, I was curious about this one and I, I let, um, curiosity get the best of me. So, uh, yeah, if you do the same, I would recommend going, like I said, not at peak times. So not like at 7 PM on a Friday night. Um, or 7 p.m. on a Saturday, but, you know, go during matinee times during the week. And I think that you'll probably be fine as long as your theater is taking extra precautions. So yeah, mutants, it's here, it exists and it's not bad. So yeah, uh, I think I would probably give the new mutants a three out of five. So that's about a six out of 10. So not completely awful. And when horror's been, um, lacking a little bit, uh, this year in terms of like how much horror we're getting, it was nice to be able to go see like a horror title in theaters again. Right. Um, but uh, speaking of horror, we have a new version of The Thing that will adapt a long lost original novel. So as we all know, um, you know, The Thing is kind of based, John Carpenter's The Thing I'm talking about, 
in and the film that preceded it, which I think came out in 1951 called The Thing from Another World, yep. uh, were both adaptations of the novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell Jr. Um, and it was published in August of 1938. Well, John Betancourt in 2018 discovered that there was actually a novel length version of the classic novella. Um, and he like basically took to Kickstarter to fund the release of this novel titled frozen hell. And, uh, you know, Kickstarter campaigns can go one of two ways, you know, they can either be really successful or they can kind of crash. Well, he really didn't need the Kickstarter campaign. I mean, it got it a lot of publicity, I suppose, but this week, Betancourt uh, announced that Blumhouse and Universal Studios are adapting the full-length novel uh, titled Frozen Hell. So this is exciting. Um, I'm not sure how different it's going to be from, like, most people. If you talk about the thing, um, especially here in the States, you know, they immediately go to John Carpenter's adaptation. And I'm not sure how closely related this will be because obviously I don't, I don't, I don't know very much about frozen hell in general. Like I never read the novella. Um, I never, I've never really read up on the full length novel or even, you know, the novella who goes there. So I'm not really sure where they're going to take this, but I imagine there's a lot more juicy content in a full length novel. So there's probably a lot of material, a lot of new material material fresh material that they're working off of that they can include in this adaptation um does this excite you at all getting like a new spin on the thing i'm definitely interested i i like the thing i mean it's a classic horror movie the thing from another world is a cult classic and Mm -hmm. i also did not really hate the the remake that came out in 2011 uh i thought all three movies were were very decent uh, from from what I understand, they said that, like you said, the the new movie is going to be more more true to the book. Yeah. And so, from what I understand, the book actually goes over the backstory of you know the actual thing, the alien, and I can already see a little bit of of sides playing here, just like. It's very hard to go over the backstory of a famous monster without having a good chunk of people hating it. Like with Halloween, they went over the backstory of Michael Myers and people thought that it was like really stupid and unnecessary. Um, but I'm hoping that since, you know, the, the book actually goes over it, that maybe it will be a little a little better played out. And like you said, it'll give you a lot more fresh material instead of just repeating what the prior three movies have already done. So I I actually do have a little bit of hope for it. And I'm hoping that by backstory, it just kind of goes over like, you know, uh, just if someone else had seen the alien first before the group of people in Antarctica. So I, I do have a lot of hope for it. Yeah, and it's coming from a studio that more and more I trust, even if they don't have like 100% of a solid track record with everything that they do, right? I think their heart's in the right place, and I think they try and give their filmmakers creative control over their projects, and their filmmakers are able to do things that other studios, you know, don't typically allow their filmmakers to do and take, you know, stories to new and interesting places, even if we're still getting something like Truth or Dare come out by that studio. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, it can go either way. But I, I do believe that 
it being produced and developed by Blumhouse and Universal is probably the best place for it to be because if it wasn't them, it was it was going to be another studio, and uh, who knows what that project would have looked like here. At least their focus is on creating you know the best horror possible. So right. um, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. Uh, I didn't really care for the the remake um the the 2011 version as much um i still believe that the 1951 version and then also john carpenter's version are really strong films and um as long as you know like i said they they make something new out of it i'm totally fine with it and like you said like they're they're getting a lot of creative control over it and i'm i like that the creative control is going towards like a resource that already exists instead of them just like making stuff up and potentially ruining what has already been creating. Like there's already a resource novel out there that they can work off of and have creative control over. So I, I like that a little bit better than them just like either making stuff up or just making another carbon copy of what we've already seen. Yeah. And then that's the issue with these things. It's like, um, are you going to do a shot for shot remake or are you going to like diverge from the source material so much that it kind of alienates itself? And uh, as long as they can balance that line, I think they're in good hands. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, last thing on our news docket today that I wanted to talk about, um, a lot of Scream 5 news coming out and we have a release date. Um, now this release date, is actually not what Paramount had originally intended. So they wanted it to come out around October in 2020. Um, you know, at some point in that range. And now it's supposedly going to come out in uh, 2022, January 14th, to be specific. They put out a little teaser on their social media. And um, they've basically confirmed that release date and are sticking to that release date for now which makes me kind of question whether or not they're actually going to start filming this year or if they're going to wait until next year. Cause the original plan was for them to move in to start filming, you know, um, in the next couple of months here. But with that news, I don't know if they're just taking extra precautions with COVID and that's why the production is going to be like strung along a little bit more, or if they're going to hold off on production entirely until they get casting figured out. Um, my guess it's a little bit of both just because they probably want to make sure that their actors and the crew members are being safe. But they probably also are still trying to nail down a couple of people and get deals with a couple of people for casting. My my intuition tells me that they're struggling to get Nev Campbell to return. Um, not necessarily struggling like to the point where she's not going to return, but they they probably had to alter the script a little bit. They probably had to move a few things around. And uh, who knows what they're actually doing behind the scenes. But I would imagine that's half the reason is that they just want to get the cast perfectly correct um, to where everyone's going to be pleased with it and everyone's going to be excited. Now, I could be totally wrong, and they could announce Nev Campbell in a couple of days. And then my whole theory right there is just completely, like, invalid. Um <laughs> But at the same time, I do believe that that's probably what is pushing them to maybe extend that theatrical release window a little bit further than previously expected. That 
That was my first concern, too. Uh, when I saw how far away the release date was, I, I immediately thought they're having troubles getting Nev Campbell on here. And that honestly, like, terrifies me because, not going to lie, I'm not really going to want a Scream movie without Wes Craven or Nev Campbell attached. Yeah. Because then it, it's not Scream without them. Yeah, and unfortunately, you've you like there's no way that you're getting back one of them. I mean, Kevin Williamson, the writer of the original, you know, Scream films, is uh, coming back to executive produce, but he doesn't have a hand in the creative development of this. Like he's just yeah. giving the money essentially. So I, you know, I do worry that if you can't get them all back, like all of the original trio back, then there's something wrong. Um, and people might not be as excited for it, but you know, again, they, they've already got two of the three. So I, I I think that it's very likely that they'll get Nev Campbell, but they just might be in negotiation still and her agents, you know, or, or her herself, like uh, she might want the story to go in a different direction and she has enough pull with this franchise that she (laughs) can do whatever she wants and they're going to bend her will to get her to sign on. So, you know, maybe that's what happened. Maybe they had to rewrite a few things in order to get her to sign on to the deal. And then that kind of shakes up, you know, their plans for like filming and what they're going to do. Cause they probably already sent out scouts and stuff to film out locations. And if they're having to redo some of that because of a script rewrite, then that would make sense in my mind why the release date would be pushed back. But yeah, uh, I mean, even if it wasn't Nev Campbell, I say take as much time as you need to at the casting. I like that they're putting so much thought and effort into the casting because I mean, in my opinion, the best Scream movies were Scream and Scream 4, and that's in large part due to the casting. So, I mean, take as much time as as you need if it is a casting thing to get the best people on board here. Yeah. um, So you bring up an interesting point there about, um, you know, perfecting the casting and stuff. And I feel like that's what kind of bogs down Scream 3 a little bit, too, is the chemistry isn't all there between the cast. And you can definitely feel it. And, you know, it's a stark contrast to how they handled Scream 3 and Scream 4. Um, yeah, I, they already have, you know, casting underway and like, so far, like it's all positive signs coming out of the casting department. Uh, but you know, it take as much time. It's your first screen movie without the iconic Wes Craven. And you want to make sure that you live up to his legacy and that you do that property justice. So I say I'm with you take as much time (laughs) as you possibly need to get everything correct. Um, I just hope Nev Campbell wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to come back and do this unless you kill me off in the first like right, scene, like, you know? Uh, <laughs> and they had to rewrite that. I, I, you know, her, like, if she was like, they kind of did it with Scream 3, um, not as much as Scream 4, but in Scream 3, she kind of took a back seat because she was, you know, she she didn't want to come back for that sequel and they were, she was filming a bunch of other properties and stuff. And so her shooting schedule was very limited, which is why she really only is in the third act. Um, and, and that's what drove me nuts about Scream 3. Like, if you're going to have that much limited Sydney Prescott in the movie, then at least have, like, a better casting to help carry that extra weight for her in the movie, which yeah. they didn't do. Well, I think the only, like, good addition, like, the only solid addition to the cast that I wouldn't change is Parker Posey. Oh, um, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> Yeah, I think Parker Posey did a good job and like, but again, like make sure that it's strong enough that everyone's fleshed out enough that like her being in the background for most of the movie isn't going to like hurt the film in any way. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, because you can have a limited role. Like, I, I wouldn't mind her having a limited role. In fact, I think they should, probably should have, like, force her into a limited role just because we need to shift the focus off of her. And the only way to do that is to not center around um, the story around, like, her or her family. Um, so just, you know, make it a completely new problem separate yeah. from her. Um, but, yeah, anyway, we'll go on years years and years <laughs> if we keep talking about this. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that they moved the release date and nailed down an official one again. So mm-hmm. that concludes um, the discussion for this week's news. So uh, we are now going to move into um, a trailer review. And then we're going to tell you a little bit about what's streaming this weekend and in the month of September. Now, don't think I would let you off that easy without at least one more ad read. The good news, though, I'm simply trying to tell you about our website, theburrreviews.com. We have plenty of articles and reviews for you to read as you ponder your existence during these trying times. Like indie movies? How about blockbusters? The good news is we cover all types of film, but we especially love a good horror movie. So, if you're a Nebraska local looking for a review of your latest project, we got you. Simply search theburrreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. If you have a short or feature film you'd like for us to review, and you aren't a Nebraska filmmaker, we'll still cover your film at no charge. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. Now, not every submission will be accepted, but it is always worth a shot. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews. Your movie refuge. (laughs) Okay, um, so I want the same reaction, Linda, that we, we weren't recording right now. Um, we're going to talk about Come Play, uh, which uh, apparently you didn't you didn't find the trailer to be like <laughs> exciting. Okay, okay, so I literally watched the trailer right before you sent me the show notes, and I was like, "Oh man, are you serious? We're going to have to talk about this." Okay, let me let me see where I can where I can begin on this. Um, okay, first of all, their monster's name is Larry. Larry is not a monster's name. That is the name of the dad that wears Reeboks and makes mean burgers on the grill. Um, <laughs> second of all, I I read the comments because I didn't know how to put my feelings into words. And my favorite one was people were saying that it was a total ripoff of the Babadook. They just added technology to it, which I completely agree with. And there was too much of a monster reveal, which is always the mistake that most bad horror movies do. Because you can tell a horror movie is bad when they try to get a reaction by completely revealing that the monster that they're using in the movie because yeah. there's nothing else they can put in the trailer. And that drove me nuts. Like, there's nothing to see anymore. Like, I've already seen everything. And, yeah, no, I... Not, not, not... I don't want to watch it. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it was either going to be this, Linda, or it was going to be Tyler Posey's Alone. I don't know if you no. saw that trailer. But I was either going to talk about that or we were going to talk about this. And I chose this. Um, uh, <laughs> um, okay, well, because alone just seems so basic. Like, I yeah. mean, it's too, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, Alone's like a zombie movie for those of you who aren't familiar with that trailer. Um, 
and it just seems i think i think my thing was this was a better trailer than than alone but it might not be a better movie than alone um but uh yeah no the trailer like you said like it does kind of remind me of the babadook for one reason so the babadook obviously centers around like grief and like you know a family dealing with the loss of a father and this one it's taking a different approach but uh the the main child actor here his character has autism and so um there's this whole discussion on like you know how um how technology is used for you know children with autism and uh, I thought that, that that take was really interesting for me. Like the the premise of that um, is a little bit more juicy than a lot of the other like straight to VOD horror films that we get, which I, this will come out theatrically, but it'll go straight to VOD shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah. um, and I just thought that that was really uh, interesting for a premise of a film Um and it kind of reminded me a little bit of like they're trying to go down like the it route too, right? Because there are a bunch of like uh, there are a bunch of kids here. I think there's like yeah. three, four different different children that are like all in this one like friend group and trying to like decipher this mystery. So it kind of gives you those like it vibes as well. And uh, I don't think it plays well to any like strong suit. But what I did appreciate from the trailer was just how varied the like. Um, the scares were because it felt like honestly it felt like three different horror films like smashed into one like were they going to go the paranormal route were they going to go like you know the it route where it's um an actual manifestation like what what are you doing here um and it kind of had a little bit of that uh zoom feeling to it as well with the technology side of things uh we saw something like this just recently in host where they were using the faces Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out where the entity was in the room. And they're doing that as well with this movie. I just, I wanted to talk about it because like, there was no other like trailers that were coming out, uh, <laughs> other than, like the DC stuff. So I figured, you know, why not? Uh, but uh, glad to know that you do not want to see this at all. I'm, I, I might, I might have a <laughs> on it even now that you say that. Well, like the monster reminds me of, um, that one twig guy from A Bug's Life? Mm. The little stick man? Yeah, that is and, a, No, I was trying to place where that was from. Like where it's that was A Bug's Life. <laughs> it is totally A Bug's Life. You are right. He's going to be like an acrobat. Oh, my God. I, oh. I can't take this movie seriously. I can't watch it. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, but do you remember our reaction to Child's Play, the trailer yeah. for Child's Play, and how like we both were like, like, what the hell is this? Like, uh, that's kind of your feeling towards this, and I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that if we were to watch this, it wouldn't be as awful as we think it is. Okay, okay, fair. <laughs> sure. Okay, well, agree to disagree on Complay. <laughs> Um, but the film, actually, it stars a few different people. For one, it stars Jillian Jacobs. We all know her from The Box with uh, mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz. What a dumpster fire movie that was. Oh, my God. Um, uh, and then we also have, I think you say, like, Azzy Robertson is his name. Uh, Azzy Robertson, I think is how you say that. It's A-Z-H-Y is the main 
the main child actor here. It has John Gallagher Jr. So, yeah, and then it has Jaden Marine and a few other child actors as well. It doesn't really have a big like name cast uh, other than Jillian Jacobs. But the one that stood out to me was John Gallagher Jr. because he was in Ten Cloverfield Lane and he was the guy in uh, Hush. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about Hush. Okay. Um, yeah, John Gallagher Jr. is uh, an all right actor. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I still haven't seen Ted and Cloverfield Lane, but that is a movie that, like, has been on my radar now for several years. Oh, it blew Lane away. Movie. He loves it. Yeah, no, it just, it, like, uh, how could you? Okay, first of all, Mary Elizabeth Brixton, no. number one. Number two, John no. Goodman. How can you go wrong with either of those actors? You can't. Um, and Bradley Cooper's voice is also no. used in. No, did I lose Jade again? No, I think I think that's right. Um, yeah, Bradley Cooper is actually credited in Ten Cloverfield Lane, so pretty good cast in that movie. Uh, but yeah, if you want to watch the trailer for Come Play, I highly Come recommend on. it. It's the greatest trailer of 2020 by far, and also it's probably going to prove to be one of the better horror films um, coming out this year. So uh, do it check it out um <laughs> linda linda's staying quiet about that uh she has nothing more to say all right so what's new to streaming this weekend we got a few things and i want to start first with cobra kai on netflix so it was originally on youtube red and then they canceled it and netflix picked it up so there's going to be a new season of that premiering and from what i understand it's received pretty well both critically and uh, audience wise so that'll be on Netflix. You can check that out. And weirdly enough, the Karate Kid films are all leaving Netflix on August 31st. So I think they're doing that as a way to kind of force people to watch that um, series, which whatever. I mean, I hear good things, so I haven't watched it yet. We also have the Looney Tunes cartoons being added to HBO Max, which is really exciting. Um, so... These are brand spanking new 2D adventures of Bugs, Daffy, Sylvester, Porky, and more on HBO Max. Um, there are 10 in total, and this is the closest that we've come in 60 plus years to equaling the classic Warner Brothers shorts. Um, so it's a whole slew of new content for you with the Looney Tunes, and that's kind of exciting if you're a fan of those. I know that if I had children, I would definitely be uh, making them watch it. Oh, Yeah. And then we also have on Disney Plus, Phineas and Ferb, the movie, Candace Against the Universe. And I know how how much you've been anticipating this film. Are you going to watch it? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know who you've been talking to, but it will me. Uh, I don't watch Phineas and Ferb. I, I don't know if that makes me like a not cool kid or whatever. But um, I mean... I think they should have gone straight to theaters. I think it could have won an Oscar, but I guess if they're going to settle for just streaming it, then so be it. Oh, it definitely, it definitely had a chance at um, oh, yeah. the Oscars next year that are probably <laughs> going to get canceled anyway. So, you know, it definitely had a chance. And oh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> if it was only like one of 10 things released in theaters this year, it definitely would be nominated for something. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to talk about, um, some more streaming stuff. So Netflix also has million dollar beach house season one. So if you're a fan of like HGTV shows, that's on there for you. And we also have the binge on Hulu. 
Um, this is a parody film of the Purge franchise, where kids get one night a year to drink and drug themselves into oblivion. Um, uh, <laughs> it isn't getting great reviews, according to this PC Mag article. But quote, it can't be much worse than watching the Purge. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who wrote this article. Eric Griffith of PC Mag, like savage, bro. Um, damn. Okay. Uh, I might watch that just based on his like reaction to the actual series, but um, me too, me too. The binge, okay, cool. So that's on Hulu if you want to check that out. And just based on that article, I definitely would. Uh, we also want to talk about a little bit um, about what's coming out in September on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney Plus, uh, and you know all of the other streaming platforms. There's a whole list at tvguide.com if you just type in what's new to streaming in september tv guide it'll pop up with that article amanda bell did an amazing job like combining like all of these different you know platforms and what they're releasing um and she goes list by list too and there's too much to even like start out with like just with netflix alone there's too much content being released out but uh something exciting that's being released on September 1st on Netflix is Anaconda. Um I saw that and I haven't seen Anaconda in a really long time. So I might check that out. But there are so many different things um that I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I just wanted to like make you aware that there are there's a whole like slew of things releasing and you can check out that list for each different um platform platform provider. Uh, I did see something Scream related for some reason. Why did I see that? Um, oh yeah, Tubi. So Tubi is actually getting all of the Scream movies except the fourth. So Tubi is getting Scream, Scream 2, and Scream 3. Um, as well as Scary Movie 1 and 2. So Tubi. I don't watch Tubi personally, but uh, good good on them. Because Netflix, Netflix has occasionally added all of the scream movies but they don't stay for very long um because they're so popular that they want to make sure that they have it like basically in demand at all points uh that way when it does release their viewership increases but um yeah no it's a lot was there anything that you were like holding out hope for watching in september um, on any of those platforms i'm excited to see antebellum i really yeah, want to watch that yeah, so that's um, movie releases. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit because Antebellum is going to release on Friday, September 18th. Um, I imagine it'll be on all the premium you know, video-on-demand services like Google, Amazon, all of those. Uh, and we also have Mulan releasing on Disney Plus on the 4th of September. I will not be watching that, but that is, that is next week, uh, just so you know. Um, so by the time this podcast releases, it'll be that Friday. And... Uh, we also have Greenland releasing in September, which is like a Gerard Butler, like apocalypse movie. Uh, it actually looks kind of good. Like, uh, I don't know. Have you, have you watched the trailer for Greenland? I have. Uh, it, it does look interesting. I like Gerard Butler. He's really cute. And so that brought my attention towards it a little more. Um, so it, I, I think it'd be really fun watching an apocalyptic movie with a cute person in the lead. So, yeah. yeah he's been doing a lot of those, like, um, you know, apocalyptic movies. Like, we had Geostorm. Um, 
we had what what else was he oh i mean you you can look to like olympus has fallen in that like franchise and he is an action star to say the least but also like he just recently has had a slew of all of these different disaster movies and i really appreciate it and greenland honestly doesn't look bad uh i was watching the trailer because it played before new mutants uh, when i went to see that and uh i was intrigued at least so um you know, 2020 is chaotic, and I want to watch a chaotic film too, I guess. so. Also it makes you September. think it could be worse. Yes, exactly. Well, well 2020 is not over yet, Linda, so hold your horses okay. on that. Uh, Don't do that to me. Don't um, do this to me. <laughs> we also have uh, Tenet releasing on, on the 3rd um, and the 4th this week too. So Tenet's going to come out in theaters. Um, I have a screening of that on Monday, actually. So um yeah on the what what is monday the 31st yeah i think so yep monday's the 31st so i'll be seeing tenant then and i'll have a review out shortly thereafter for tenant and uh so it's kind of like a pretty like easy month in terms of like theater like theatrical releases and actual movies um but if you're talking about streaming it's just a constant shit show with things being released at all points of time so Um, I encourage you, like I said, to check out that TV Guide article and then stay tuned here because every every week we cover like what's happening in streaming and like what is releasing on streaming, some notable things anyway. Um, So if you want to know, you know, from week to week, whether or not you want to tune in on Netflix, tune in on Hulu to watch some shows, some documentaries, whatever it may be, definitely uh, be on the lookout for our weekly show. Other than that, uh, I don't think we have too much to talk about. Um, you know, looking here at the show notes, that's it's kind of it. Yeah. So um, any closing thoughts, Linda? And you want to talk about Come Play some more? Um, maybe um, talk about Phineas and Ferb? <laughs> you know, I, uh, Come Play, I... I will not go play. I will not do that. You will not play. <laughs> I will not play. I'm going to make that very clear. Uh, the Phineas and Ferb movie, it could have been a box office hit. I think they really missed the gun on that one. And yeah, I mean, I, I want to watch The Binge and I want to watch Million Dollar Beach House. According to the guy that wrote the article, Million Dollar Beach House is a competition, is like a competitive TV show featuring people with no morals. And that just sounds fantastic. So that's what I'm going to be watching. Yeah, 2020 can be summed up with, um, you know, disaster and also no morals. Like that seems to be the the running themes yeah. uh, of this year. So, you know, it sounds like, sounds like the perfect shows to watch. But uh, <laughs> that is all the time we have for, for <laughs> today's this week's podcast. Um, make sure to subscribe to all the podcast feeds on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. If you don't want to do that, our our you know episodes are always embedded in Buzzsprout at our at our show page and also on our website, thebrewerreviews.com. Uh, again, I'm going to plug the New Mutants review. Go watch that. Go subscribe to the channel. I swear to God, if I don't hit 100 subscribers on the channel by this year, I'm going to delete the channel. No, I won't delete the channel, oh, but I, I am tired of not having a show link. So on YouTube, you have to have 100 subscribers in order to get youtube.com slash the borough reviews. And I have not hit 100. So I have 
youtube.com slash channel y4a2b5968 and i'm really sick of like having that be like what i have to post on you know all the different social media platforms when i go to post a video so uh yeah please please 100 subscribers that's all i'm asking for and make sure to download this show because not only does listening to the show help but downloads are a big big deal when it comes to podcasting so it helps us out um and yeah head over to our patreon support us over there uh otherwise linda do you have anything that you want to plug or uh um are are we good please subscribe otherwise he's gonna yell at me oh i oh my god no 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 (laughs) i've never once yelled at anyone he's yelling at me oh my god you're gonna get me canceled linda i'm gonna be canceled <laughs> that's it that's it guys. this is it this is the final podcast she's done it she's done it i will no longer have a job i will no longer have a life <laughs> um no just kidding i i am very very much uh a, a liberal I, a leftist so canceling people sometimes is for the best but uh just to be clear i have not yelled at anyone on the into the borough podcast or on the borough reviews channel I have not yelled, period. So he says as he's yelling. <laughs> I don't yell at people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can only do so much, Linda. Yeah. Um, and if you would like a show next week, you can't say things like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that's all the time that we have for you today. Uh, make sure to tune in next week and uh, watch out for the tenant review in this coming week. Um, but otherwise, have a good rest of your week, everyone. Bye. Bye.